Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people on their own day. And they brag about us because of how, how good they did to, with these experts that they made. That's us. Hi, Mom. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Today is an interesting day because I don't think either of us were prepared for the news that we got this week. No, not at all. And that is that Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro are officially launched for the iPad. We, we do have a bit of time before they come out. I think it's May 23rd or 24th. I don't remember which. I think it's the 23rd, I think. I don't know. I think I'm that sounds right. Either way, I... I honestly was not expecting I honestly was not expecting us to get this feature this year if at all cuz they've put it off for so long I was like, "Wow. Okay. Sure. Maybe they'll get to it eventually." But what's interesting is that they have only made it available for Final Cut Pro on M1 or M2 iPads. So that's going to be the current and previous generation 11 and 12.9 inch iPad Pros and the current and previous generation uh, iPad Air. Actually, wait, no, the, there is no M2 iPad Air, right? I don't think I so. don't think so. All right, so the current generation iPad Air. There you go. And that's a little... <sighs> It's a little weird to me for one reason and one reason alone. And that is that the A12X and Z were the very chips that Apple demonstrated Final Cut Pro on when they announced the Apple Silicon transition three years ago. Do you remember that? They showed how many streams of 4K footage it could run and how fast the A12X and Z was. And then... They launched Final Cut Pro and they said, oh, just we changed our mind. Those things are so slow. They can't do anything, bro. You need a new one. That is interesting. I actually forgot that they even demoed it on the, the A12X or the A12Z or whatever it was. I guess I, I, I can see why they did this from a marketing perspective because we've talked before on the show about like, you know – at least, you know, for me, I still have the 2018 yeah. iPad Pro uh, that, you know, I bought it back when it came out in 2018 and I have no reason to upgrade it. And, and that was the thing we've talked about how Apple, like, they basically made it too good out of the gate that, like, even years later, I've got no mine reason. too. And I, so there's mine's your 2018. even the base, base, base yep. model. I got 64 gigabytes on this boy. It's a little dusty. I went for the 256 and I'm yeah, glad that I did. I should have done that. Now, to be fair iPad. enough, I, I don't actually use my iPad all that much, as evidenced by, I don't know if you can see this, if I turn it into light, you can see the dust ring from where the uh, the magic keyboard camera cut out. Oh, I yeah, do see it a little uh, bit. Well, yeah. I personally think that this could bring some life 
back to the iPad because for, for until now they've literally been advertising this thing as being like iMovie garage band and I'm like nobody wants to spend a thousand dollars to do iMovie no yeah that's true I think you know I'm very curious to hear what, what you say about it because I am a mm. very occasional video editor I don't use when I do edit videos I use Final Cut Pro on my Mac but it's pretty rare that I make a video and you obviously you know do it far 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 more than I do but I just can't imagine doing it on an yeah. iPad like using Final Cut with like touch screen to edit like I don't know what do you what do you think about how that experience is going to go Honestly it's I I I don't really know what to think in all in all truth because I I there is an element of bias to it which is that I have been using Final Cut Pro well not even Final Cut Pro 10 I started with Final Cut Pro 7 and so did you as a matter of fact in like 2011 ish I switched to Final Cut Pro in yeah. 2013 so I've been using Final Cut Pro 10 almost the entire time it's existed. And that means that it has almost exclusive. No, it has exclusively been mouse and keyboard or trackpad and keyboard. So the muscle memory and even you as a, as a more occasional user, like you've done this over so long a period of time that I don't see it being easy to unlearn and, and, and retrain that muscle memory. Now, when you have the magic keyboard, I think that's going to help because I am, I'm all about, I'm all about the, uh, the keyboard shortcuts. I have a final cut claw. It's this right here, my final cut claw. Cause I do this all the time. And what that is, is I have one finger ready. That's the ring finger. That's ready for A to go back to the timeline scrubber. I've got index and middle finger here for uh, VBN. And I've got the thumb for the space bar. Those things are crucial. Yeah, I... I'm just trying to think like, you know, obviously there's mm -hmm. the muscle memory part of like, you're so used to doing things. And even, you know, like you said, I don't do final cut nearly as much as you do, but I'm very, I do have like the muscle memory for like, you know, quickly like, Oh, I'm watching a clip and I want to cut out part of it. I hit, uh, what is it? V or whatever to get the cut tool. And I, and I cut it and I hit a mm -hmm. to go back to the mouse. Right. Um, so things like that. I'm just wondering, you know, on the iPad, first of all, obviously, you know, if you have the magic keyboard with like the trackpad on it, you can probably get somewhat similar to the, the Mac mm -hmm. experience. But a lot of the pictures in like the, the promotional material, it was just the iPad itself with no case at all, yeah. which is really weird to me. How do you do like precision, uh, like cuts and, 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 you know, how do you deal with that? That's the whole thing. And then I'm also curious, like, running this on an 11-inch screen mm. is going to be 
kind of tight. I mean, I guess you can do, you know, you could do it on a 13-inch laptop, but like an 11-inch iPad. Yeah. I don't know. It might be a bit, bit I really think the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is going to be a necessity. I cannot imagine legitimately attempting to edit a piece of content. Not even just like, obviously they showed it as being like, you can make your whole movie studio, right? Look at their webpage. Bring your entire studio to your shoot. Yeah, okay. My entire studio is going to need more than 11 inches to edit on. Look how many, look at the, look at this example here, right? Lots of clips on the right side, which curiously is reverse of how it is by default on the Mac. Not sure why. Down below, they, it's a weird looking timeline that they've got here, but it apparently is just a roll, a couple of titles, and then three tracks of audio, three layers of audio, I should say. So that's, that's easy enough. If that's what we're looking at here, you know, take a little bit of, it looks like voiceover, a couple sound effects and a, a music track, and then some, some titles, some built-in titles. Okay, fine. That makes sense. But they also showed a lot of other stuff. Like if we, if we go down in here, like they've got this guy, who's out in a field on a picnic blanket editing a glass blowing video. That's good. Uh, where was the, oh yeah, look at this. They've got this live drawing feature, right? Cool idea. I like that. Effectively, you, you can make your own animations. That is sick. But what about, you know, keyframing, masking? When I, when I mask something off in a video, very often, it's point by point, you know, going around doing all these little masking things, getting all the little corners, even editing down footage, bro. Sometimes you got to use those arrow keys and get it exactly frame by frame to find where to cut it, round off your audio so that you don't get clipping. Like, I really don't know how you would be able to do that with your finger. Right. And, you know, honestly, you know, now that I'm looking at this and really thinking about it, the answer might be that you just can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe, you know, like, but I mean, I know it's kind of funny, but like, like you said, you know, you're looking at this example here. There's the, the, you know, the one uh, layer of video with a bunch of different clips cut up in it. There's a layer of titles on top and then three layers of audio. And like you said, you know, that's fairly simple, fairly straightforward. I see they have some like fades uh, on the audio clips and obviously they cut down the video, you know, pretty, pretty tightly and put titles, whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, if you're the kind of person that is just going to be, you know, using your finger or the Apple Pencil, maybe that's as far as you can really get with that. And, you know, some people who are doing more simple things, maybe they could use iMovie, but they're using this, or maybe they need a bit more power than iMovie, mm -hmm. a bit, you know, some other features that iMovie doesn't have, but that's not as, you know, they don't need all that precision. Maybe they'll do that. And then the next step up is, you know, you attach the keyboard, and now you have the keyboard and mm -hmm. the trackpad, and then maybe the next step from that is the laptop. Like maybe you can't fully replace Final Cut on the computer with the iPad. First of all, there are features in Final Cut for Mac that are not in 
the iPad version. Some of the advanced features like motion tracking, they they mention it somewhere on that on that page. But maybe the iPad, you know, version will, would is never meant to be, you know, at the same level as the Mac version. It's maybe sort of one step down, but it's certainly a lot higher than iMovie for iPad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, this might be biased. I think iMovie is harder to use than Final Cut Pro because it, it tries to do too much for you. Or it, like, tries to do all the transitions and fades and, like, you can't really choose... Like when you do a transition in iMovie, you just choose how long the transition is. It doesn't give you the flexibility to move the transition around in the clip and adjust the length like intuitively. I honestly think if they made Final Cut Pro and just took out like half the features and made it super basic, that would be better than iMovie because iMovie is too... It's it's too much. It's trying to do too much for you when it really should just be simple and let you figure it out. Because really, the thing that I love about Final Cut Pro is the magnetic timeline. The fact that it's so intuitive and it makes a lot of sense. I, I have tried many times using DaVinci Resolve, which is great for color, but not, in my opinion, for editing, or Premiere. It's just not... It's not as intuitive. And I know that some people will still say, you know, sure, Final Cut Pro is maybe not as pro as Premiere Pro. Fair. A lot of the television and movie industry doesn't use Final Cut Pro because they want to have access to more features. And that's fine. I'm a YouTuber. I, I'm not going to like... There are a lot of YouTubers out here that kind of cosplay as television producers and they're like, I need the best in the world. I, no, it's fine. Final Cut Pro is probably the best video editor for like 90% of video editors out there. But to your point, Noah, not really sure about how it's implemented here. And I think you're right. Some features you just won't be able to do. Now they do have... I, I, we should talk about the specific things that they have introduced to try to get around that limitation. So the first one here is the jog wheel. So this, I think, is a good idea. They basically just copy and pasted this UI from the camera app, and it will allow you to fine-tune and, and go more frame-by-frame frame through your video. I, I was looking on here... And the one thing that I don't see that is perplexing to me is I don't see a blade tool. Oh, 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 I do. I, I'm lying. So look down on the bottom right of this screen. You can see there's a, there's a little delete trash can. There's a check mark, presumably for like cropping. or I don't know what that would be for. But then there are three clips. It looks like a split clip button and a trim to start and trim to end button. So theoretically, if you're trying to get very precise, could you use a combination of the jog wheel to go frame by frame and then split clips or, or trim the clip with those buttons down there? I guess that would kind of work. Yeah, I think, like, I'm just trying to, like, the way that I usually do it 
and again it goes back to that magnetic timeline that you were talking about when you bring up the blade tool you can have it like snap onto where there's mm. other things like for example if you stick a title um like above your video but like in the yeah. middle of the video you can take the blade tool and it'll snap to the beginning and the end of the title and you can just click you can be like oh i want to trim i want to trim the middle of this video to match the title and it just snaps and you just click click and then you delete the beginning and the end part just just an example yeah. but like i find myself more often like putting on the blade tool and then clicking somewhere to delete as opposed to going to that place and then saying split here or trim here so maybe that's again true. that's like a different muscle memory that you that you think about like you just do it differently on the ipad Actually, maybe you can do the tap to split that i don't know oh, that brings up an interesting point which is when you actually are using final cut pro one of the most one of the things that absolutely is a must is being able to grab the end of the clip with your mouse and and drag and adjust it to your point with the magnetic stuff right you can let's say in the in in this case you have like two seconds of video and then your title you want it to match well you can drag your title out and snap it to the video or you can drag your video in and snap it to the title those dragging and snapping things are part of what makes final cut pro so intuitive and I mean, you don't have a mouse unless you have a keyboard, right? If you have the keyboard, perhaps it's more normal, right? Uh, with with the, the magic keyboard, because you've got a trackpad there, it brings up the mouse. The, the mouse on the iPad already has like magnetic snapping on the regular interface. So that would probably be normal, but without it, how, how do you do that? I think you would probably have to do a two-step thing. You'd probably have to tap the clip you want to highlight it and then grab the edge of it and drag it with your finger. I imagine it'll still be magnetic, but that's a little bit more... There's that, That's an extra step that you don't have to take on the desktop. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you'd probably tap on a clip and then there would be, like, little handles on the beginning yeah. and end that you could drag around. But then what if the clip is really tiny? Like in that screenshot, there's some really yeah. tiny clips. You have to like zoom in and then tap it and move it around and zoom out. Yeah. Maybe you have to do it on the Mac too, but again, it's less precise and it's maybe even another step there. So is this a video? Yes. Okay, good. I want to I wanna pull up some of the videos here so we can see this in action. Oh, we're all immediately right. Oh, what? Wait, did you see that? A lot just happened in this video. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to describe this. Okay. Okay. So the first thing he does is tap on the clip, and sure enough, those yellow handles come up. He uses the jog wheel yep. to move the clip, not the playhead. And then he's using the Apple Pencil hover mode to scrub through that. So this raises a lot of questions. Hmm. A lot of questions. Number one... Uh, the jog wheel presumably is doing two things. It's either moving your playhead or moving a clip that you've selected. So that's fine. Sure. Go for it. But the second thing is the Apple Pencil. He's using the Apple Pencil hover mode to scroll through. I, 
what do you call that? Scrubbing, I guess. He's scrubbing through it with the Apple Pencil in hover mode. That, I really hope, is not the only way to do that because scrubbing through clips is extremely integral to Final Cut Pro. But in this particular instance, you would effectively be limiting the capability of scrubbing through footage to the, the new M2 iPad Pros with Apple Pencils, which is a very, like it's already limited in M1 and M2 iPad Pros. Then you're limiting it yet again. I really hope there's another way to do that. Yeah, I, w I wonder if there's a way... How would you do it otherwise? Because the whole point of the scrubbing is you're not clicking like anything, clicking on something. You're just moving. You're not like moving the playhead. Right. Is the point. The playhead shouldn't move. It's this like second thing that you can that you can move around. So I get with the trackpad and I get with the pencil. But if you don't have one of those two things, so no. If so, I'm over in Final Cut Pro here, in a in a side window. And there is something that could potentially be the case here. Now, when you don't click over anything, when you scrub over with that secondary red playhead, the scrubbing line, I don't know what you call it, uh, it plays audio. But you can also grab the playhead and click it and move the playhead around in which case it doesn't play any audio. So maybe maybe it, it would be worse, but maybe you could grab the playhead with your finger and move it around. Sure, yeah. but technically that's a different action yeah. than scrubbing. Like it's mostly the same thing, but technically different. Right. Now you're absolutely right about that. And maybe that's just how it is. So... There is another thing here that I wanted to bring up, which is uh, on this picture here for the Apple Pencil and Keyboard, they advertise precise edits using Apple Pencil. Sure. Speed up uh, your workflows by adding the magic keyboard for key commands. Yeah, powerful key commands that I would argue are probably next to necessary. What As close as you can get to being absolutely necessary. That is what they are. But... Look on the screen here. If you look at the very, very right of the timeline, what, what is that? Do you see? Oh, God. Hang on a second. Do you see that little tab that's open? Yeah. I thought... Can you zoom in on it more? Or like I could try. Dry, like, uh... Oh jeez, I'm oh, really, I'm that? really getting into. I don't like... know where I'm lost. Oh, that made it smaller now. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm lost. I'm okay. Oh wait, isn't it? Wait, go up one. I think it's on the one above it too. <gasps> You're right. What is that? It looks like a knob, some sort of like dial or something. Is that a volume? Wait, Maybe. but look, the the icon in the center is is like a playhead icon. Uh, yeah, but but then there's like notches. Around there are notches it. around it, and it's so this in this one it shows the leftmost notch. This one also shows 
that does look like a like a dial that you're supposed to turn uh and it and it has one of the drag bars at the top so theor it looks like it could be moved mm -hmm. let me check chat here does anyone oh, know no. no no one someone said siri button for ai editing yeah oh, i geez. would imagine siri <laughs> imagine imagine giving siri your footage and saying like edit this it would it would just what footage would you like you <laughs> you'd get an exported uh it, it would you'd be like all right this this video needs to be 10 minutes here's all my footage and it would give you a 10 minute clip of like the google search results for like how to edit i would be impressed if it could even that's do fair that. enough Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know what that thing is. And you know what else was interesting? If you zoom out or like go down to the text below this image, it very specifically talks about the magic keyboard or the keyboard folio, I think it said. And it was about how you can use key commands. They didn't say anything about the trackpad. Right. Huh. That's a good point. Someone said here. Someone said here that that thing we were looking at, by the way, was the jog wheel. Perhaps that might be what you tap to bring it up. Uh, I, I kind of thought that. it would be that like a swipe sense. in thing, but I guess that would interfere with the other iPad OS features. Yeah, I guess I guess I could. That would explain why it looks like a dial too. Yeah. I guess it must be that. Here it is again. I don't like that it's there, though. Like, I feel like it's kind of in the way. Also, hang on a second. Where, where, where's the transitions? Like, I'm trying to think of the Final Cut Pro layout that you've got on. This is actually a very good view of it, right? So, there's project media that makes sense and then what looks like next that. to it is that's got to be titles and i guess transitions and effects are all up there instead of having separate windows for them i think so yeah well that makes sense also noticing now there's a third icon that's blue over here with that same logo. So I think that means you could probably tap that and the little window for the jog wheel would go away if you didn't want to use it. That's kind of... Okay, I think I get it. I think the reason is that the fact that you can reposition that little window is like that's where the jog wheel will appear. So you can put it at the top of the screen or the mm. bottom, depending on... Because I was going to say, like, why tap the button to make the window appear and then tap the window to make the jog wheel appear? I guess it's so that you can move that little that little window... Not window, but that little, you know, piece around and control where the jog wheel goes. That makes sense. I could see that. If we keep scrolling here, it seems like... Yeah, so there's Project Media, which I... I don't see a the button that you would press in here, but presumably there is one for a multicam setup. Uh, personally, I would be surprised 
if this is actually a usable multicam interface because typically you need a decent setup for that. But they really talked about it a lot. Oh yes, and then there was also this sync clips captured from for up to four camera or audio sources. So that I think is similar to desktop Final Cut. Switch, I do really like this, the way that you can just tap down on a little viewer down below. That's well done. This one confuses me slightly. I didn't look into it that much, but I guess this is just giving you a more detailed view of all of the audio sources for each of the clips. I'm not really sure what this would be useful for, though. It seems like it's part of the syncing. Like, one of the clips starts later than the other one. Maybe it's, like, a oh. detailed view of how they all synced up and yeah. something. I don't know. I could see that. That That's fair. Uh, what was the other stuff that they had? Oh, yeah, the fast cut. So, th this, this is where it started getting a little confusing here because they seem to almost indicate some level of, like, AI machine learning stuff. The what it seems like here is that it's able to crop on a vertical like take a a widescreen format and vertically crop it and identify like where in the image it needs to crop. But yeah, it looks looks like it. Does it automatically keyframe and keep that subject centered? Cuz that would be cool. That's a good question. So they also have like your classic like zoom background removal feature. Cool, like that. What they say for auto crop is intelligently adjust footage for vertical square and other aspect ratios. That is not very descriptive. So I don't really know what that means. I don't no i mean it's the question that you had like obviously you know the first step is you know crop it to whatever size then the, there's the ai of like determine where the actual subject is and crop it into there but then does it actually keep like does it adjust the crop or keyframe the crop to mm. to keep it in there that's because that's the difference between a completely useless feature and a very useful feature i really hope that it would keep things centered and wouldn't just work only yeah. on like a static shot because what although this is apple and their ai is not the best i should say voice isolation cool nice we like that titles transitions and effects are all included here i like a lot of these i hope that they make their way over to the mac it's kind of weird that there's exclusive content for ipad but uh, anyway lots of it too by the way Look at all these filters, new music, which I joked in my video, we haven't had new music in Final Cut since iMovie 11. That's when all of like the, you know, 44th Street Long and all that jazz. That's a classic. classic. Uh, there's backgrounds that are new as well. They kind of look like Mac OS backgrounds. Uh, I personally probably wouldn't use them all that much because, you know, as soon as it's a stock background, everyone knows what it is. And eventually there will be third-party content. That is cool. Uh, and, of course, you can 
shoot and shoot with your iPad straight into the timeline, which I don't know why you would want to do that, but you can. Um, let's let's. I feel like we've talked a lot about this. Let me switch over to Logic just for a second. You've probably honestly have used Logic more than I have, Noah. I mean, I haven't used it very much at all, to be honest, but I've Same. played with it a little tiny bit. So the nice thing about Logic here is the requirements are more reasonable. You only need an iPad with the A12, which means, boom, baby, you can use a fifth-gen iPad mini. Could you imagine? Jeez. <laughs> that would... There's no way they would let this thing run on an iPad mini. That would look ridiculous. Yeah, that would that would be I mean, it said it just needs anything with an A12 chip. They didn't specify further. That would be so funny. I want to see if there's any like, hang on, let me go all the way down to the bottom. Which iPad? It says any iPad with A12 Bionic. So, iPad mini here we go. Someone's going to do that, obviously, and it's going to be really funny. I want to see what that would Oh, that'd like. be so good. I I would do that if I had an iPad mini, but I don't because it's stupid. Of course. Anyway, so once again here, I, I honestly, I think Logic Pro makes more sense than Final Cut Pro for the touchscreen. Because obviously, like the, the way that they show this here, the touch to play, where you're like adding beats, having keyboards, that all makes a lot of sense. That is very touch intuitive. And I feel like this one, I could really see people actually using. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like, because people have those physical like, I forget what they're called, like the launch pad right. things where it's like all the little buttons and they map them and they do. And obviously, you know, a touch screen is not going to be a replacement for like the physical buttons and knobs and stuff. But like, you know, for someone who doesn't have all that equipment, it very well could be a replacement. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point is obviously like when you look at really pro level people that do Logic Pro setups. I mean, we saw it in the first picture here. Like, look at this soundboard in the background here. That's some, like, serious doo-doo right there. And a lot of people have a lot of physical physical control apparati, apparatuses that you don't typically see with Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro, keyboard and mouse is basically all you need unless you want to get really crazy or have, like, shortcuts. But with Logic Pro, people are plugging in instruments, keyboards, sound pads, uh those big soundboards with like your gain and phase you can have like specific modules for it like it, it gets pr pretty intense but this is good because if you're a smaller artist who maybe doesn't have the funding for that whole music studio a lot of those features can be done for you on your ipad that i could see being genuinely very useful yeah i think for me, like, the thing that I keep going back to when we're talking about these is, like, you're comparing this. Like, it's cool to have Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro on the iPad. And we can talk about how, you know, that 
makes the iPads even more pro because I think that's an interesting discussion to have. But at the same time, I'm looking at this and thinking like this compared to a 13-inch MacBook Air, like you know the the current gen MacBook Air running Logic Pro or Final Cut Pro. Mm. Right, that's basically you know the most direct comparison you'd make. It's also very thin and light. If you're comparing the 12.9 inch iPad Pro to the 13 inch MacBook Air, it's not that much of a difference in terms of like the footprint. You know, it's thicker, but it's not that much bigger. And then, and then it's like you know, what's the point of having the iPad? And I can see more for Logic than for Final Cut because in Logic, I feel like the touchscreen. There will be some drawbacks with a touchscreen, but there are also some benefits to a touchscreen that I feel like Final Cut doesn't right. have as much. And then I feel like there's even more, like, if you're, you know, a video editor, I can't imagine being a video editor and walking around with just an iPad and not just, like, you know, might as well bring a Mac. But, like, I don't know. If you're a musician and you're just playing around, a lot of musicians use iPads for their, like, you know, sheet music or their chords or whatever, lyrics, whatever they need. So I could see them, you know, just having an iPad and, hey, let's plug a mic into it and record a demo or, you know, yeah. whatever. I could see it a little more. No, that's a great point. I think I think the – and the fact that it's open to more iPads, that means it's going to be a mm-hmm. lot more accessible – Let's talk about the subscription model because if we're talking about access and utility, and I would agree with you that Logic seems to be a little more promising, the question then becomes, what do we, what do we all think about this $4.99 a month thing? I'm curious to hear what chat thinks. It's, it's $4.99 a month or it's $49 a year. $4.99 times 12, by the way, $59.88. So you save 10 bucks if you do... Uh, an annual subscription. So 50 bucks a year in perpetuity for as long as you continue to use it. What does everyone think about that? Because I, I'm torn. Yeah, I think the question, first of all, you know, people are, you know, people mentioned about how it's coming, that subscription price is coming to the Mac too. And so we'll definitely talk about that. But I think my first thought is if Apple continues to update, I mean, Apple has updated Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro, you know, you're like Final Cut Pro 10. I remember when it released 10 years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. it was lacking a lot of features and Apple's added a lot of features. And even recently, I think they added some like motion tracking stuff, you know, fairly recently. So they have been doing some updates, but if Apple continues to update it and they continue to add, I could see them adding more like, you know, titles and transitions and sounds that can be like one one thing. Another thing is adding more features. Obviously, maybe some of those Mac features, like the motion tracking, can make it to the iPad. If they do that to the point where it's it makes sense to have a subscription model that you're getting, you know, you it's improving and so you're paying you know more and you're paying each month and it's improving each month or every so often. Then I get it. If they're just going to release it and you know just do little bug fixes or whatever you know then it's just a subscription model and it's like i mean i think it's a hybrid i don't i don't want that because the thing but the thing that kills me is that final cut pro on the desktop does evolve and get updates and i only had to pay one time i paid 200 bucks in 2018 because i got the student bundle 
And so you have to remember, like, okay, I don't, it's not that I think it's a ripoff, right? Adobe charges a lot more for their software because that's all they do, mostly. So 50 bucks a year for Final Cut Pro is, I think they've fine-tuned this, by the way, because nobody's going to complain about $5 per month. That is nothing. People probably lose that amount of money all the time. That's one coffee per month. So insignificant. But $50 a year. I've had, I bought Final Cut Pro in 2018. I might have not bought it previous to that. Perhaps. But we won't talk that's about fine. That. No one, it's, what's the statute of limitation? I don't know. Uh, so five, call it five years. Five years at 50 bucks a year. Oh, well, wouldn't you know it? That's 250. That's more. I paid 200. I've already saved 50 bucks, and I'm not going to stop using Final Cut Pro anytime soon. You could argue very fairly, in fact, that Final Cut Pro has been underpriced. I don't think that's an, a mischaracterization. The fact that it's $300. And it's yours for life. You could have bought it 12 years ago, not paid a cent, gotten all these updates. You could very well argue that's the 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 deal of the century. But it does sting. The deal of the, the deal decade. Of the de- yeah. Yeah, very true. The deal of the decade, but it does sting a little bit with Final Cut Pro, especially that you pay ostensibly more money, and it's a it's a it's a compromise. Yeah, and then, you know, people have mentioned in the chat and I've, you know, read the discourse like, do you think that Final Cut and Logic on the Mac are going to become subscription services? And if so, how is Apple going to do that? Are they going to launch Final Cut Pro 11 and I guess bring a bunch of new features and then, you know, also do subscription pricing? Is that is that the move? God, I See, here's the problem, I think. Apple is in a corner because if they were to try introducing a new version of Final Cut Pro for the iPad on a subscription model, not that big a deal. If they were to try to do this on the Mac and make like a really big update, or I guess what they would have to do realistically is call it Final Cut 11 and just pretend it's a whole new version and say like now it's now it's 10 bucks a month that would really bother a lot of people yeah it definitely it definitely would and like you know obviously i think you would pay for it because you use final cut a lot and if they had you know the right features well they i'd to be forced make to make it worth it you there's, would there's there's no other way i mean i guess in the case of as we were talking about Final Cut 11, if they had to, if they did that, then theoretically you could just keep using Final Cut 10. Sure. If they were to try to switch it, well, they then it would be. They can't extortion. do that though. They can't. They can't say like. They can't say yeah. They can't say if you already paid for Final Cut, maybe fine. Maybe it's Final Cut 
whatever. I don't know what version they're on. Let's see. They're on version 10.6.5. Uh-huh. So if they said 10.7 is going to have a subscription uh, attached to it, then you could my, – my point is basically you could stay on the current right. version – Whatever the whatever the latest version is before they before they make the switch if they make the switch you could stay on that mm. version and for a while that would be fine and honestly for a while a lot of people probably would because there was that whole thing I guess this isn't really the same thing but like when Final Cut 10 came out and it was missing a lot of features a lot of people stayed on Final Cut 7 for I don't know how long a year two years whatever before Final Cut Pro 10 caught up and then you know eventually they moved over so. I could see maybe it's not a feature issue, but maybe it's like the price issue. Like, you know, the one that I have right now is fine. I don't really need these new features. I'm going to stay with what I have. But eventually, you know, the version that you have is going to get older. It's going to maybe not support some some new feature or some new file format or, or some new resolution. Mm-hmm. And, and slowly but surely, people are going to have to move off of the old version to this new one. And I just can't imagine paying $10 a month to have Final Cut when I, like, barely use it. Even if I paid only for the months that I actually use it, like, there's something very different about paying for something once, even if it's very expensive, versus paying every month. It really is, like, a different mentality. Hmm. That's a very good point. Oh, God, I don't know. I really don't know what the solution is. I mean, in in some ways, I think Apple is in a tough spot because they have basically missed the boat. Subscription software is all the rage, and Apple has just been sitting there like, we have to keep supporting this thing. They bought it 10 years ago, and they haven't paid us a dime since, and we're updating them all the time. Ah, geez. And like, yeah, sure. They get plenty of money from us Final Cut Pro users because we're always updating our Macs to take advantage of it. So, you know, I'm not exactly crying them a huge river of sympathy here. But they they probably want more than anything to change it to a subscription model and bundle it in with Apple One. Apple Pro software bundle. Oh, it comes with Apple Music. It comes with uh, two terabytes of iCloud storage that's connected. You can edit off of your iCloud storage if you have gigabit Ethernet. You know, something crazy and wacky like that. You know they want to do that. You just know, oh, they should... Dude, if Apple was really serious about video editing, this is kind of unrelated, by the way, so I apologize. They really should offer cloud storage, local cloud storage. Like... Tap into your home network, some special like Apple Magic Mesh that allows you to edit and have like a magical box, an Apple box that allows... Like a time capsule. Yeah, yeah, like a time capsule, but that you could actually edit off of and like have have boatloads of storage in your closet. That would be cool. That would be a pretty niche product. I, would I guess Apple it. does love video editors, and uh, well, I'm sure you would. I mean, I could, I could see some audience buying it. I don't think they would ever do that. I know it's just a, just a hypothetical, but 
you know what I just thought of that I that I I think this might be part of Apple's plan. So they're launching the Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro on the iPad with the subscription. I think that they're going to do that subscription is going to cover the iPad and the Mac. So all whoever is subscribing to Logic Pro on the iPad or Final Cut on the iPad, eventually when they switch Final Cut and Logic on the Mac over to the subscription, they'll say, "Hey, if you already have a Final Cut subscription, then you get it for free on the Mac mm-hmm. too. Or if you already have it for, for Logic on the iPad, you get it for free on the Mac mm-hmm. too. And that's how they kind of backdoor a bunch of people that are subscribing on the iPad. And then they're like, hey, you get it for free. And then they're like, oh, I get this for free on the on the Mac. I don't even have to worry about it. Like that that fixes the that, that question for a lot of people. They got to hire you. You got you to gotta work on their, on their marketing team here, my guy. Right? You just cracked the case. Tim Cook is going to be ring, ring. Hello, Noah. What an amazing oh, marketing yes. idea. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to shake your hand and go, ha ha. Wow. What an amazing Ruben. That's <laughs> uh, my dream. Could you imagine? There's nothing that would make me happier than if Tim Cook shook my hand and said, wow, what an amazing Miani. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. It'd be a little weird. It'd be a little awkward. It would be would be a little weird. I feel like he would do that like he would shake, he'd be like, Wow, like I'm so glad that we finally caught you. Oh yeah. And then they'd throw you in like Apple prison. They you know what they would probably do is have like like a they'd have like a Mac underneath like a, a crate that's being propped up with a stick that has a string attached to it. And they'd like show it yeah. to me i'd be like "Ooh, what's that and i'd go under there and they, and then tim would would he'd pull out the stick and then i'd get stuck in the crate and they'd and they'd get me he'd say wow what a dumbass <laughs> yeah he'd say good morning welcome to the prison inside apple park we think you're going to love it oh god yeah, and then that's it for you. Yeah. We'll never see you again. I I'd, I'd say farewell. The the jig is up. They've got me with their It would probably be like a, an aluminum crate with with really great build quality. There's no way I'd get out. They would have Dude, they would have the iPad, or sorry, the Mac Pro cheese grater oh. uh, things. Those would be the air yeah. vents. That's how the air would like Dude. get in. It would be like beautifully machined. That would be diabolical if you think about it, because like you can't even really see out of that. So it would it would allow. Yeah, and it's like sharp. yeah, it's sharp, so you can't really like get that. You can't like be up against that all day long trying to get out. You could also. Uh, it would allow for perfect ventilation as it does in the Mac Pro, but you would barely see anything. So, so you'd be like, you'd go crazy, dude. I, I believe, absolutely, they've got one over there. That's where they put all the people that leaked the the Apple Watch to John Prosser, that was wrong. That's where they are. They're all in the little Mac Pro 
it's like the uh what what's the severance the the break room they have that for sure oh yeah have you seen dude have you seen in the in the keynote when it goes underground into the apple silicon lab tell me that's not the severance room tell me that's not it that's that's a good point i'm sure someone will have to hopefully we'll get like a you know the next event we'll get like a glimpse like the camera's going down there and there's just a sign that's like please help us we've been trapped in here and you just get to see it for like one what if what if the uh what if what if what they're doing in severance is making the m3 chip Mm, i mean we We don't don't know know what they're they're doing doing, right they're in all those hallways which are very confusing kind of almost like the lithography of a cpu Mm, you think they're inside of an m3 no i think that it's it's sort of a stylistic yeah it's it's symbolic like tim cook was like johnny sruji said what we should do is is put all the engineers in this underground bunker that looks like a cpu and they don't know what they're making. That way they can't leak anything. And if they do anything bad or try to like figure out what they are and who they are, we'll put them in this in this Mac Pro break room so that they can't see or and they'll go crazy. And Tim Cook said, Wow, what an amazing dystopian reality. <laughs> yes, and then Apple used their vast uh, lumps of cash, their vast uh, bank account to make it happen. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, they could. We all know they could. They absolutely could. And you know what else they could do? I have two very quick okay. topics Go or for questions. It. I know we're ending shortly, but getting back uh, on track a little bit, uh, the first one is 15-inch iPad. We haven't heard that much i feel like there might have been rumors or maybe it was just speculation we haven't heard much recently but given that there are now these pro apps Mm. on the ipad do you think there could be a 15 inch ipad sometime in the future ipad pro you know obviously what do you think i think yeah i think absolutely because now they've opened the door for iPads not being just like silly little screens. So I I think it's decently possible. Yeah, I think the big thing about these like Final Cut and Logic, you know, the apps, you know, the apps are what they are, right? We talked about how Final Cut, you know, I'm very curious to, to for you, obviously I can't use it because I don't have, you know, an M1 or M2 iPad, but... I'm very curious for you to use it and see how the experience is. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it'll be good. Maybe there'll be some trade-offs. But, like, regardless of all of that, the big thing is, like, I think that this shows that Apple's taking the iPad a little bit more seriously than they were before. Right. Especially, like, the iPad Pro, right? Now that you can use Pro apps on the iPad, it makes it a little bit more Pro. So, regardless of the apps themselves, it shows that Apple's taking them a little bit more seriously. Hopefully, there will be some good updates in iPad OS that will make it even, you know, an even better experience. And that would, if they do that, that would show even more of a commitment to, um, you know, to that that pro level. And so then maybe it makes sense that there could be a 15-inch iPad Pro that would be the real, like, pro machine that you can run these pro apps on. 
that would be really what if they did even like uh the more than an m2 chip you could get all sorts of stuff going on in there you could do 32 gigs of unified memory i mean i guess if it was an m2 pro it would need a fan so maybe not that maybe not but that would be interesting i mean yeah the fact that they're using like the the apple silicon like the mac architecture like yeah they could put more memory they could have like memory tiers or you know whatever they they could do upgrades like that that'd be interesting that would be so and then the other the other question which someone asked in the chat which i thought was good is what about xcode for ipad because we heard rumors about that i think that was one of the things uh john had some tweet a few years ago about you know logic pro final cut pro and i think he mentioned xcode in there and we haven't seen xcode yet and i think that xcode makes the most sense to have because you can actually write the code you can write the app and run it directly on the device Mm. that you're writing the code on obviously there's simulators on the mac and that's you know great but like especially for the the entry level and i know that there's a swift uh, playgrounds app but like for the more basic you know level like writing an app and then installing it on the machine that you're writing it on and running it on that machine, like, I don't know. There's something kind of cool about that. So Xcode for iPad, could that happen? That is a cool idea. I, f- I mean, I, as I said about the 15-inch, I feel like we kind of opened the floodgates here. You can do whatever now. I, I have to imagine, at the very least, somebody is working on it. I think you would need a keyboard... For Xcode, I think that's safe to say, but I feel like somebody somewhere yeah. is is working on that idea. Someone here said maybe that's a WWDC thing, and I think that's a good a good way to end this episode. Is if Final Cut and Logic Pro were announcements that in May that they didn't feel they should keep for WWDC. What the heck is going on at WWDC? These are some pretty major announcements. So, I mean, is it is WWDC that full that they had to cut this and do it beforehand? It's certainly possible. I mean, it, it is also interesting that they're releasing it I guess they figure, like, if they're going to announce it, they might as well release it. Like, it's releasing before Dub Dub, but I'm sure it's been ready, and they're like, whenever they announce it, they're going to release it, mm. right? But it is interesting that, like, yeah, that they did it before. I think, you know, the comments about maybe Xcode will come at Dub Dub, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Like, the fact that these apps came out, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm not saying that it'll definitely happen, but, like, Xcode is, like, this is Dub Dub. It's the developers' conference. Xcode right. is, like, Apple's app for developers and given that they just announced two pro apps why not announce another pro app at dub dub one that's meant for developers at the developers conference so i could definitely see it happen and also to your point the fact that we got these big announcements like ahead of dub dub seems like there's going to be a lot of stuff going on we've talked about like some hardware that we're expecting obviously all of the new software updates maybe there'll be some surprises in there too but it's definitely going to be definitely going to be packed that would be dude this is going to be an interesting one it really is so interesting in fact that we 
created an event the next day that you should absolutely go to. And if you don't, well, you know, I'm sorry that you're going to miss out on a once in a lifetime opportunity because we're, 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 we're talking about an event that is so full that they released Final Cut Pro for the iPad, which is a feature we've been wanting for five, six years, and they didn't even put that in the in the keynote. Excuse? This is gonna be a crazy one. I have a feeling we're looking, we're staring down the barrel. We're eye to eye with an iPhone moment here, Noah. We are potentially 22 days away from the next iPhone reveal. Like, and not iPhone like iPhone 15, like iPhone as a concept. That's, if that's not exciting, then I don't know what is. And if you're excited, then where else to be than at Genius Bar Goes Dark? Am I right? That's right. Yes, I'm sure a lot of the people listening have heard about the show in one way or another, but it is the day after WWDC. It is a live, in-person event in San Francisco at the Regency Ballroom. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's the day after all of this stuff that's happening. We're going to be discussing all of it. Uh, there's going to be audience interaction. I've been working really hard on an app. Some of the longtime viewers may remember uh, that we used to do polls mm. on the show, yeah. which we will bring back at some point. We should bring that back. But it's going to be that and so much more uh, with this live audience interaction. It's a great way to meet fellow Apple fans and tech enthusiasts. You know, you can meet us if that's something you're interested in. And just, I don't know, I'm really excited to like watch Dub Dub, see everything happen talk about it and then do this show where we can like all you know really talk about it see what the audience thinks see what we all think and just like yeah. i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome dude i i'm so stoked it is legitimately going to be one of the most fun things that that we've done in a really long time i mean the only time that we've gotten to hang out with you guys it probably wasn't even you guys, to be honest, because it was so long ago. It was January 2020, right before COVID. And as soon as we did that, we were like, this is awesome. We got to do this more. And then COVID happened and we were like, well, shit, never mind. Yeah. But now we're finally at a point where, and it's it's hard. Let me tell you, doing events post-COVID or very barely post-COVID, if you could even call it that, is difficult difficult to do which is why we've been working on it for five months but i think it's going to be worth it once we're all in that stadium not stadium let's not i don't want to oversell venue. it in that venue together yeah all in the same room oh, it's going to be so special yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a little nervous about 23 days away, yeah. but you know we'll be we'll be ready for it. Will we? We'll get there. Hopefully, we'll get there. I believe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> hopefully we get there. But I'll tell you where we did get now, and that is to the end of the episode. Absolutely. I've been your host, Luke Miani, and I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a great night. <laughs>